that's a football taught me to be to see life not as a struggle but just have fun playing a game life's a beautiful game that you have to play even though you have setbacks it's all part of the game but that's alright Meeting the World is proud to present to you an inside account on competitive youth football in the Philippines. Our guest also recounts the details from his experience of visiting FC Barcelona. Without further ado, let's get right into the podcast. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Meeting the World is thankful to have this guest on today's podcast. He is an incoming student council member who is recognized by his co-football players as one of the best on the field. Personally, I would prefer not being tasked to defend him. Meeting the world listeners, today we have Lawrence Tortona. How are you? Hello, I'm good. It's yeah, a nice and, night, so I'm good. Well, one of the main things now, one of the big buzzwords in, in this current time is boredom. That's especially with the whole quarantine situation that we have. Football, something that you and I share, was taken away. So, Xavier, or a lot of other schools in the country, suspended school earlier than their final exams. So, what was your initial reaction? Was honestly, I was like thankful because honestly, I didn't prepare so well for my final exams. And my grades from my past test were really high. So. It was really good. As you got further into the suspension, did you start to get sad or feel directionless you didn't know where you were going um because like my summer i already had my summer plan like i was gonna hang out with my friends then training then yfl was supposed to start also but then once quarantine hit like i had nothing to do at home aside from calling my friends play like fifa nba like work out at home but that's basically what i was doing and I didn't find anything fun to do as a normal stuff that I'd find fun to do. Yeah, I think it's the same situation for a lot of people. So it was always FIFA, NBA, UK, and then there's also working out so that you can maintain your physical condition. So that was how you cope with boredom. It's just the usual usual thing that a lot of people have done. There were there was this whole thing about if you don't come out of quarantine with a you skill, you you basically wasted your time. For the past two months, would you say you've learned something new, something that you would consider valuable to you for any upcoming activities, endeavors? Um, I learned how to cook in quarantine. So when it used to be my mom cooking my breakfast, like sometimes I get up earlier than her, then I'm the one cooking the breakfast. Yeah, I think that's the one skill I learned how to do. Yeah, that's solid. And then, obviously, you're going to need that in the future when you move out on your own and then get your own place. So, it's a good skill. One of the most fundamental skills that you can have. So, your days right now, they don't feel like much, do they? But I'm sure that it, it was different during the previous school year. So, of course, um, we already mentioned a while ago that you're an incoming student council member. What's that like? Yeah. What's it like being a student council member? You have responsibilities that you didn't have before. So right now, I'm the incoming batch rep for my batch. So, because the past few school years, like starting from grade five, I was 
the class president of my class for every year. Yeah, so I never really thought. Yeah, I never thought of taking up the bachelor position until this year. Then it's like a whole different feeling now, especially in quarantine. So it's harder to plan our projects. It's harder to meet as a council. So it's gonna be much more challenging than past two years. We have to balance the my football. Oh, okay, so you're preparing for activities for your school for. Savior. And I'd like mm-hmm. to know, what's your favorite activity in your school? Every year we have something called the Minap Kappa, where each batch comes up with a batch project that uh, hopefully has a beneficiary that's gonna benefit, and also gonna, and uh, it's also gonna showcase like talents or skills. Mm-hmm. So that's what I look forward to every. Okay, so that's really cool. Have you what projects have you done in the past? So grade seven, grade eight, grade nine. What was your favorite project that you've done? Um, in grade seven, we made wristbands with the motto "Men for Others" because that's uh, what our school wants us to be. So we use that as a fundraiser to have an interaction with our funds in a certain foundation. So we use the funds right from the wristbands to set up the interaction and then help them paint the walls also of their like place. Oh, that's really cool. Did you make a friend? No, I didn't. Okay. Huh. Are you going to do room to room campaigns? Have you guys thought of that when you guys oh, get our into election seasons? Our election season was already done last two years. So, we 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 didn't do room to room campaigns, but we did the meeting the advance. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So, the process of planning a big school event. Of your your own, this is your first time. So, in your meeting the advance, how did you get your how did you get such a big audience to listen to you? Um, Most of my section really pushed the vibe. Once I walked on stage, like my was cheering already. So I think that got the attention of everyone that was talking. And I think my my plans for the bash, which I said in my speech, I think that swayed them up to vote for me. Yeah, because a lot of a big struggle for a lot of people who speak in public is the fear of just trying to. Captivate their audience, trying to, trying to connect, trying to establish a rapport. So now, you earlier said that you were thankful that school was suspended because of COVID, because that means that you had a more stress-free schedule. But during the school year, what was your time management like? How did you manage your so, time between school and football? So my daily routine is that. I'd wake up like 5 a.m. for 45 a.m. Then get ready for school. Leave the house by 6 a.m. Then school starts at 7:30 until 3. Then the time gap from 3 to 4. It's either I have a student council meeting, I have something extracurricular, or it's just a rest period. If it's a rest period, I'd probably do my homework at that time. 
before training starts. Because training is from 4 to 6. Then if you have training in Kaya, there's a mock door right beside Seiji. So I probably go there first. And then meet up with my friends. Then go to Kaya after. When I get home, it's just like recovery, like resting, talking to my friends. Yeah. Mm. On a normal school day without football, without an extracurricular activities, what time do you get home? Oh, all my all my school days are filled, so I'll be at home early. And then you wake up at four forty-five. That's really early. Yeah. Are you far from your school? I'm like thirty minutes away. Oh, okay. So four forty-five. What do you, what do you do when you wake up? So when I wake up, I eat breakfast first. Then I go back to sleep. Then I take a bath and I go back to sleep. Then we leave for school at like six. So we get to school like six thirty. That sounds that sounds really cool. I mean, if I if I live thirty minutes away from school, I'd probably wake up at six. But I also wake up at five because I take the school bus. But uh, if I were to wake up at four, it was it would usually be doing a morning run. So have you ever done that? I don't actually live in a village. Like I live in the main street, so it's really crowded outside my house. If if I go on a jog, I probably go with my dad to like a trap over just to jog. Ah, uh, okay. So, in your case, did you ever have to take caution in your studies? Because you might you might um get lower than your expected grade for any extended period. My mom always told me that yes, I'm a student athlete, so the student always comes first. So she told me that like we have something set. If I get because our grades are F, D, C, D, B plus, A plus. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have like an agreement. If I get a grade lower than D in the report card, like I can't play football for like a week. Like, I can't touch my electronic gadgets for like a month. So, I think that's what keeps me like focused on my studies. Because if that wasn't in place, I think I'd focus more on football than my studies. Okay. So, when you're on the, when you get to play football, it's really fun. And then there's also this thing called uh, Manila. Football, I think, is the organization, and they organize pickup games for people. They usually go from like 10 p.m. It's like late at night. Have you ever played football <laughs> at 12 a.m. in the morning? No, I haven't. Oh, you should. You should try it. it. Yeah, you should try it. You can go with. You can go with your friends, because you get to play with a lot of the people that do that. They usually. They usually go to work before before playing football, so they're bigger guys, so it's good experience. And obviously, we don't really want to play with random people all the time, so you go to football clubs. What was your first club? Actually, Kaya was my first club in 2015. 2015. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you had a first club because before Kaya. Oh. Just, um, Kyle's not club, but then 
our coach and savior used to always make us prioritize savior and savior is partner with different clubs so 2015 i was with pachaco 2016 i was with stallion then i joined in kaya at like 2018 okay you have a you're fortunate to have a program like that and when you got to actually you've, you've been through a lot of club systems how do you establish yourself how do you introduce yourself um with savior it is like it's been my team since um i was a child so they all know me well there so i feel like it's here to establish my role there but with kaya um my first year there i really had to work hard prove that the service spot in the team in kaya it's like it's like top of the academy there's a lot of good players and just to start for It's a huge honor. Yeah, Kaya, Kaya is one of the best academies, one of the best teams. They're really consistent, and they have good systems. Good systems that will eventually, I've seen in their um, social media activity, will eventually lead you to the professional team. But more on that later. Do you have any tips on how to introduce yourself? Just be confident in yourself. That don't be shy to. Learn new things. Don't be scared to make mistakes, because if you don't identify as mistakes, you won't be able to improve more as a player and as a person. Well said. So, your 26 goal season. That was how I first heard about you. So, a lot of people like to talk about a lot, a lot of other people. I heard about you from Raymond, and then 26 goals. That's really impressive. And now that doesn't come as so much as a surprise. After hearing how how well established Kaya's system is, but what skills and attributes did you think were the most essential to produce remarkable numbers such as 26 goals? So the funny story about that season is that I'm normally a midfielder, so I play centre or holding mid. Then for that season, it was my first season in Kaya. A coach made me. Uh, striker. That's my first time playing striker ever. So then, I seven goals. So that was against like nomads. So it's not really too high of a challenge. But then, once once competition got harder, really hard to train more. And then you have to have that mindset that oh, I'm gonna score today, because that's my mindset coming into every game. And then, For that whole season, I think I only went one game without the goal. So, did you ever get carded during any season? Carded? Yeah, um, yellow card, red card. In last season, in the finals against West Bueno, I got a yellow card in like extra time. Uh huh. So I sat there, so and then he slapped me on the chest. So we started having crash, and the referee and gave us both yellow cards. And. Would you have wanted to deal with that situation better? I mean, it was in the heat of the moment. I don't think I could have done anything else because the guy pushed me off the ball, so I stepped on his foot. I mean, that's my mistake. Yeah. It's also his mistake where slapping me and the wrong guy. It's both of it's like mistakes from both parties were made. Yeah. You don't really try to get into fights, do you? You seem like a no, very calm player on the pitch. You're Kaya generation. Particularly the 2005 team, they're one of the best. Um, you have Nathan Bata, you have you, you have Enzo Corbe. A lot of them have international experience. 
you particularly and Enzo Kirby, you guys went to Barcelona to have some training sessions. What yeah. was that like? Not how to try out. Then there were like more than 100 people who went to the tryout. Only like 11 people. Like, going there, it was a new experience. Because like, there there's a lot of good days. Like, it's an eye-opener to see how much talent there is in the world. And it also like united by this. Because it wasn't only us that went. It was also kids from Singapore, kids from Malaysia, kids from Colombia. So it was like a all-over-the-world thing. So it really humbled ourselves that Okay, and in Barcelona, you have a lot of players that go to F- go to play for FC Barcelona. Did you ever see any of them? Any of them in the venue? So we had a training session with Eric Abidal. He's, he was he was a left back and a centre back, in, and he won the Champions League in 2009 and 2011, I think. And then we had a training session with him. And then when we watched the game, we were like pitch side. So we got to see Messi, Suarez. Dembele was injured, so we didn't get to see him. PK got a red card. Yeah. Iniesta was there also. You've seen a lot of players, and that's really fortunate. But among all of them, among Messi, among, among Messi, Suarez, Abidal, um, which player do you respect the most and why? Can I say someone like outside of the people I met? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So the people I idolize as of the moment are Frankie De Jong and Kai Havertz. So Midfielders. Kai Havertz plays for yeah. Kai Havertz plays for Leverkusen. Then Frankie plays for Barca. The reason why I like Frankie is the way he moves on the ball. It's like he's so composed and sometimes. Even my friend said sometimes when I dribble the ball, like the, those step overs, they remind them of Frankie Dog. And I tell them, oh, I'm trying to shape my game after this. With Kai Havertz, he's like super young. And we're similar, we're tall, we're not, not the strongest. But then we play that number two position. And I think I can get a lot of skills from watching his game. You've, you've picked your idols well. So your Kaya team went undefeated for two seasons of YFL. What can you say was the most important element that contributed to your consistency? It's more of being a family really. Because we're like a group of different people. We're diverse. But then we treated each other like family. We're always there for each other. And that's the, the camaraderie in our team. I think that's what drove us go back to back in the field. Like, even if a player got injured, like in the second season, Ashby broke his arm, Perez broke his arm. But that doesn't count them out. And I think that's what got us to two undefeated seasons the camaraderie and the togetherness in our team. Yeah, and I'm sure if YFL continued another time, you may have not been undefeated, but you probably would have won the season. So, how do your training sessions go? Let's let's go to the back. How do your training sessions go? Is it light, um, as in light-hearted, or very casual about training, or do you guys take it super seriously for two hours, one hundred twenty minutes? Do you guys are you guys serious for that whole one hundred twenty minutes? What we say, we just the hardest competition we're ever gonna get is in training because. 
that's where we play against Calgary. That's where we learn our different playing styles. And that's, it's like, it gets competitive. It's like some people foul other players intentionally. Some people like curse at other players. But I think that's what makes us us. And like, that's what motivates us to do that too. Because we all want to be the best versions of ourselves. And doing that, being competitive in training, like proves that we're ready for high intensity games. High intensity situations and it molds our mind into thinking if we can do training, we can translate in the game. Yeah, man. So, having said that, you obviously you need a really good leader to really be an example to other players. So, describe your ideal team captain. Um, he's, he's not a leader, he's not a boss, he's, he's a leader, but he's not a boss. He he relates well to our teammates. Like, you don't see him as a perfect guy. You see him as one of you guys. The armband really doesn't mean much. But then it's the way you lead the team, the way you make the team one team to achieve the goals they want to achieve. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily go to the best player, it goes to the player who can connect with the team the most. In a in a productive yeah. way. So before we continue, I'd like to tell our listeners, uh, meeting the world. Please go and follow Lawrence Tortona on Instagram. His Instagram is Lawrence Tortona, no space. And is there an underscore? Nah. Yeah, it's just Lawrence Tortona. Okay. So with all this training, you're going to apply it. You're going to apply it into competitions that are really, really require high require high levels of quality. So, the first competition that I'd like to I'd like to talk about is NCR. You're one of the fortunate players to have been able to represent the region. So, how was it to how was it to go against players of different dialects? So. It was like a humbling experience and it got me out of my comfort zone. Because that year, uh, Makati won. And that's like the boss. Ko. So, Jed, yeah. Francisco, Prince Reyes, Andre, Gonzalez. Yeah, and then like they picked me out from my San Juan team, my savior team. So, I had to gel with a new group of people. That, And I'm a predominantly Eng- English speaker. So, that is a predominantly Filipino-speaking team. So, I had to really change my way of speaking and bond with that team. But it made me adapt to new changes. And the competition outside the country, even though it's not uh, outside the region, even though it's not like secondly better than what's here in Manila, they have that passion. Like, they're not going to let you go away with the ball easily. Like they're really rough out of the out of the region, so that's what I learned from that experience. Yeah, and personally, when Gao came over here to play YFL, their their team from the province, I think it was Ilocos. Their team from Ilocos was. It's just Ilo, Ilo. Yeah, Ilo Ilo. Sorry, um, Ilo Ilo. They were really good. They would dominate each and every game. The only game that they lost was against JP Baltes. And there was a lot of controversy 
behind that game. But if the game was a bit more straightforward, I'm sure that Gao would have won. So personally, I think quality is a bit more distributed around the country. NCR is one of the big hubs for good players, but you can find great players also in, let's say, Davao, Iloilo, and a lot of other provinces, Cebu included. And did you ever get insulted in another dialect during your game? No, I didn't. Because like, I was like, I'm the chill type of player. I don't want to get into fights that much. Shit. I won't do something stupid in the pitch just to get attention from other people. Yeah. So, how did you guys get to... Actually, where was Palerong Pambansa held? It was in Antique. So, that's like near Iloilo also. So, Iloilo. And how did you guys get there? Was it through bus, plane? We took a bus, the ferries, ferry park. And we took a boat. Did you get seasick? I, the first, my first experience on the boat, I got seasick. But I didn't. I made sure to not vomit. Uh, it was like more of... I didn't think of getting busy, and I didn't actually get busy. It was more of enjoying the experience. Like, honest to God, I didn't sleep in that boat trip, even though we were supposed to sleep. Then, so when I got when we got out, like the first day in Antique, once we got our beds, I went straight to sleep. So, are there any memorable moments from your trip going to and from your destination? I think it was. In the destination, that's when we made miracles. I don't think there was much. Okay, okay. So the next com- the next competition that I want to discuss is Pinas Cup. So Pinas Cup, it's it has risen to the level of a national competition because you have teams coming from all over the country, not necessarily the whole country, but all over the country. So, how do you see this competition? Is it one of the most important, and does it rank high in one of your in your priorities list? Um, I don't really see Penascop as one thing I look forward to in the year. Because the things I look forward to in the year, the things I prioritize are YFL and Riva. Penascop's like a sideline. I didn't I didn't play much in Penascop because. In 2018, the date, the Penascot dates, I only played like one day because the next day I had to fly to China because we're required to for one whole quarter or stage to graduate. So, in my time there, in my time in Penascot, we were playing in the 04 division, but our team was 05 06. Mm-hmm. Then we just got Benji and Siren. So, it was Benji, Siren, and an 05 06 club going against 04 clubs and I think we beat Zobel, we beat then Ateneo de Davao, they had a 3 player I think. I wasn't playing this time because I was going to China already. Then they made a dirty play with their call. That's why they scored the winning goal. But to think that an 05 or 6 team plus Benji and Sian could compete against Ateneo de Davao team. I think the competition in that tournament is really high. Yeah. 
Because that's why it's seen as one of the biggest competitions you can join. It's because it's not just that players come from all over the country. It's also that the players that come to Clark once a year for three days, they're players that train three months before the competition. Sometimes even the whole year for some teams. Okay, so Pinas Cup. 20... Did you... How many times have you gone to Pinas Cup? So, I went to 2013, 2014, 2015, and 2018. Okay. So, a lot of players were from different teams. They stay in one hotel. Did you ever meet any new players in your one day in 2018? Or did your whole whole team just stay in one room? Um, we went... I'm not sure what the... I think it was Mario. I'm not sure. My team stayed there. Then... Obviously, I only played one day, so I just stayed in one of their rooms, in, in my friend's room. So I didn't get to see much people. But then, after the game, we went swimming, so it was a sense of team bonding. But then, I feel like I missed out, because I had to leave early, because I had to pack up for China. Yeah. Um, you came to Clark a day before the competition? No, actually, it was a three-day thing, right? Yeah, it's a TD. The first day I didn't. The first day I didn't play. Second day I got to Clark early in the morning. Played two games, one in the morning, one in the afternoon against Isabel and Apuesto. Then we went swimming after that. Then I left the country the third day. So you had you had breakfast in Clark. Did you sit with your team to see which players were the ones to look out for? When we when we got to the venue, all we did was really warm up because. We don't really talk about our opponents before the game starts because we want to keep our mindset to ourselves only. Like, we want to think how we perform, not how our opponents perform. Because I think if we overthink too much about our opponents, we're going to forget how we perform as a team. And I think that's a major game, like, different. That's, that's also well said. So, to cap off, what hardships did you go through as a player? I wasn't the best player when I was young. Like, I was fat, I was slow. You have to do a single hard. Then I got my grades with that thinner. The hardest part of that was to adapt to your body changes. Because we're still growing and we still have a lot to grow out. Like, we can get bigger, we can get taller. It's not only adapting to your own body changes, but also your opponent's body changes. Because when one day it's like you're small, and then the next day, the next day you just grew a whole lot, and then got like big ass muscles. So yeah. Okay, so you weren't the very best when you were younger, and so you probably remembered your first few experiences with the ball. So, what reason do you have for playing football? My first sport was actually basketball. And I only moved to football just because I was interested of basketball. Because my dad was a basketball player, so he wanted me to be a basketball player also. But then, like, once I started playing football, it was like fun. Like, I didn't know how to dribble a ball, but it was fun to score goals. So, technically, I wasn't technically the best. Like technical in the technical aspect, I'm not. I wasn't the best, but I think the fun in it is what made me 
continue and bring me to who I am today. Yeah, and I think that's a re- that's the reason for a lot of people also that it's just really fun. The sport is really fun, and I think a bigger reason for a lot of people is that it helps them forget the stress that they experience from in our case school for the people in pickup games work it just helps you forget that stress for at least two hours and then once you come out of it you didn't just forget it you you didn't just avoid it you actually prepared yourself to solve the solve your problems in a better state of mind and obviously the hardships that it helps us it helps us to traverse we form values from these experiences so what values have you learned from the game so i like using an acronym called heart so it's humility effort ambition respect and teamwork so for humility you always have to keep yourself grounded there's there's a really small line between cockiness and being confident once you get past that line you won't be the best version of yourself and people aren't gonna see you as a good player they're gonna see you as a cocky player for effort every time you step on the pitch or every anytime you start doing something you have to give your hundred percent if if not hundred plus one you always have to give maximum effort in everything that you do even though it's school or football that's what they the next one is respect you always have to respect one another, whether it's your teammates, your opponents, your coaches, the refs, because or normal people, because the world really won't get anywhere without respect. The next one is teamwork. Teamwork is essential. It's like you can't whistle, you can't whistle a symphony on your own. You need the whole orchestra to play the symphony. You need to pull the strings together as a team, because. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I played sausage football for a while and we didn't get anywhere. Then my coach talked to me and told me like, you can dribble the ball but pass the ball when you have an opening. Then I think that's when my game started to elevate. And the last one is ambition. Ambition taught me to shoot high. You have a goal set there, you have to, you have to do your best to reach it. That's why I set small goals for myself every year and try to reach it because that's what makes me a better person and a better player. Okay, so humility, hard work, respect, and ambition. These are really good things that you've learned from football that even I've recognized is really important for everyday life. Not just in big moments, but everyday life, the small things. And how I'd like to end this podcast is how can you use those skills that you've learned from football? in your future endeavors so what are you gonna do in the future i always like to think that everything i face in life is like a football game every person that wants to bring me down is a defender every skill that i do is a good move that i do in my life every time i get fouled that's a hardship that's like a setback and the goal is right there just to shoot at and in my life I want to shoot for my goals so that's what football taught me to do to see life not as a struggle but just have fun playing a game 
Because you can't football the beautiful game. You don't call football the beautiful game without any reason. There's a reason for calling it the beautiful game. And I think that's how I view life also. Life's a beautiful game that we have to play. Even though we have setbacks, it's all part of the game. Okay. So that's really that's really nice. And I can agree with everything that you just said. Football has influenced so many people on, in so many ways, in so many different levels. And you are another testament to that. So thank you for coming on the podcast. And it's been a real pleasure to have you and share your side to football, share your perspective. So thank you and I hope to see you around.